Welcome to episode 156 of Cowboys Ride for Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield. As always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. How are you doing tonight, man? Uh, JP, I'm, I'm doing okay. I am. Uh, yeah. Yeah, how are you, bud? I'm doing pretty well. My wife and I went up to Kansas City this weekend and saw my family, and it was a it was a great weekend. Spent some time on the Missouri side in Kansas City. Got some great coffee and barbecue and beer. Uh, it was it was a good time, man. Yeah, I saw some. I saw your social post. It uh, looks like some good stuff you had there, bud. Oh, absolutely. Hit a Monarch Coffee Shop, which is on Broadway Street, right down by the Plaza. Really, really cool drink there. Went to a uh, place that I actually knows is a food truck. They do uh, crepes, but they open a brick and mortar. So, so good. Did a tour of Boulevard Brewing Company finally, which is Boulevard's my favorite beer. So that was a ton of fun. Hit a uh, like a collective sort of like kind of food truck place, and then got some Q thirty nine as well. Good, good weekend. Ain't kind of ain't drank my way through Kansas City. Hey, I mean that's the way to treat any city. I mean, in my opinion, so you know, yeah, very have, nice. Have nice you job. Ever, have you ever gotten to Tor Boulevard Brewing Company before? I have not. I don't. I don't remember the last time I actually was in Kansas City. To be honest. Okay, so I'll I'll just give you a pro tip here. So whenever you go, if you ever get the chance to go and do a tour, uh, they oh you always get two free samples of beer at the end. But they always mm-hmm. ask for a volunteer to bring up the rear of the group, volunteer to be like the last person through to look at stuff mm-hmm. and all that. And if you volunteer mm-hmm. to do it, you get a free pint at the end. Oh, be the last one. Okay. There, yes. So be I'll vol- be the volunteer and you get a free beer. So not not a bad deal. That's I was able to last do that. It's a good time. <laughs> that's nice. Last time I did a uh, brewery tour, I did um, Lost 40 here in, in, in Little Rock in central Arkansas. And uh, I don't know if the guy was new or what. It was like me, my wife and a, uh, had a buddy in town and we started the tour. He's like, okay, go ahead and grab yourself a drink. And there's just like one of those big PVC bucket buckets of ice and cans of beer. We're like, just, just grab a can. Like, yeah, just go ahead. <laughs> so you, you grab a can. You're like, okay, so this is supposed to last you through the tour. Okay. Here's this. Da, da, da. Here's this. Okay. You guys good on your beer? It's like, no, well, if you want, there's another bucket right there. Go ahead and grab another one. <laughs> Oh, let me just chug this and grab one. Okay, uh-huh. take this. All right, this is going pretty good. You're like, shouldn't he supposed to like sample this? It's like, shh, 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 shh. So keep moving along, keep moving along. Hey, you guys doing all right with your beer? Yeah. yeah. I mean, get a little low. Okay, well, here's another bucket. You want to grab? I had three full cans on the tour and uh, took one to go. <laughs> nice. And I was like, well, that's a pretty damn good tour. That's, so, that's, that's the way. Whoever in Little Rock, right there. go to Lost 40. And um, hope that they've got a new guy. <laughs> I don't make any promises, but uh, it's a pretty nice, pretty nice tour. Well, that's awesome. Hey, so seems like we both had a pretty good weekend, and so did Oklahoma State basketball. Yeah, that is a huge win against Texas Tech. My goodness, that that was a. It's it's not just that it was a much needed win and a much needed upset win. You wanted them to get a good game. It's what that game was. You're honoring the '95 Final Four team. You've got all these alum in the, in the crowd. Eddie's there. You're wearing these gorgeous throwbacks, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, and and props to Texas Tech for what they were wearing. That was a really, really nice uniform matchup. Especially for the noon um, game on CBS. Like That's a standalone game on oh, that network to oh. have a, the elite uniform matchup you get. You get a great basketball game. And for Oklahoma State to come out with a win on national TV is huge. Mm. Like Everything just worked in Oklahoma State's favor that night. Well, I mean, it did, look, let's be blunt. Oklahoma State... One, because they got more, they got 18 more free throw shots than Texas Tech did. Yep. I'm not saying that that's it. Like, oh. Oklahoma State had to play a good game. They had to take advantage of those opportunities. 
but it was a large free throw differential. If it was the other way, we'd all be annoyed. In fact, I think we've, I'm trying to remember which game it was. We've had a game where the opposing team had an insane number of free throws and won a, a close game over Oklahoma State. I'm going to go back and look. I don't remember which it one was, it was. It was Baylor. Baylor it was Baylor. Okay. In Waco. That's right. And, you know, that's, that's what happens sometimes. It's frustrating when it's went away and you kind of, you know, let it be when it's yours, even though I don't, you know, whatever, double standard, hypocrisy, la, 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 la. Um, but it was a much, much needed win just, just to make the fan base feel good. And you know, these guys have been working and, and trying to get better and, and yeah, you had a win over TCU and yeah, you had a nice road win over Kansas state. And that those are good. Those are wins at this point, but in any at all are good, but to get this nice win in the situation that this game was against a ranked team like Texas tech was was fantastic. Like that's just that is that's exactly the kind of game you're like if we're going to win one, can we have this one? Can we not lose this game? Because that those are the games you're like, could we please just not lose this one? It's such a big day. Can can we get this win? Because I do think it means more when you win a game like this than just a regular game. Right. When you win a game when you're honoring one of the best teams in school history is there, the one of the best head coaches in your history is there, you're wearing these uniforms. Primetime, you know, primetime slot game on CBS. It's the only game on that network for the day. Like, everything just worked in the favor of Oklahoma State. They came out and they rose to the occasion. And they have done that a lot this year. Uh, they've played Baylor, who's been the number one team in the country for weeks now, uh, after no one wanted to be number one in the country through January. And you'll know, take them to the wire twice. You play, you know, you go down, you get beat by 35, Texas Tech. And you came back and you beat them now. Like they have rose to the occasion and they're playing their best basketball that since they were in Brooklyn right now. And they're getting it not from Lindy Waters. They're not getting it from Thomas Azagua, Cam McGriff. Like they had, Lindy didn't have a great offensive game, good defensive game. McGriff did enough. Azagua hit a couple shots off the bench. But to get the production you did from Jonathan Laurent, who has been a roller coaster this season, more down than up, but to get a career high from him. And then you get Caleb Boone, get 20 minutes from him off the bench, 16 points, four rebounds, three blocks. Like, welcome to the team, dude. We've needed a freshman to find a way to be an offensive threat. And he has been that the last two weeks or so. Uh, it's, it's so good to see it finally click for him. It's starting to click for some of these freshmen. The team is playing really, really well right now. Yeah. It's, it's nice to see this. Like, I think it's, it's too little too late for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, totally, totally. Like, that's not happening. But as we said, if we could see some of the young guys start to step up and, and show some progress, it's promising for next year. Um, and I am still of the opinion that uh, the, the NIT is not out of the realm of possibility here. Like, it's not. And I know that seems like a silly thing to care about. But postseason play, I think, is a good thing for this team. I think it's a good thing for these freshmen. I think more opportunity to practice and continue to improve is something this this team needs to have. Um, I, I don't want them to shut it down. I want them to be able to keep playing because I, I think they need it. They it, they are showing progress. You'd like to see that progress continue. And look, winning three of the last four is is good. And you 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 know you said it. You played Baylor tough on the road, and so you could say their last four games have been their most impressive since the beginning of the season, and, and they've been able to go three and one in that stretch. I mean, part of that is you know you played Kansas and TCU, but it played Baylor close on the road, got a nice win over Texas Tech, and you look to the rest of the schedule and go, okay, um, the 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 record by the end of the year is not going to be 
great, but it's not going to be as bad as it looked for a while. No, definitely. And you still got a couple chances for wins at the end of the schedule. You play out West Virginia on Tuesday, so the day that this comes out. You know, you can't expect to go into West Virginia and win, but I don't know what it is, but Oklahoma State just plays well in Morgantown, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna just completely throw this away as an automatic loss. I don't know why, but I don't know why I feel this way, but they just, they find a way to play well there. Um, on a Tuesday night, you're curious how the crowd's gonna be. You get OU at home on, uh, Saturday, go to Kansas. Well, well, let's not talk about that. Lost. Yeah, let's not, let's not talk about it. And then you get West, Iowa State at home and Kansas State at home, and then you're at Texas. Like there's still a chance for a few more wins here, and with the way they're playing right now, I think they're, they're going to be able to steal a few for sure. I look at this schedule and I go, I think Iowa State and Kansas State at home are both wins. Okay, don't let Iowa State beating Texas by almost thirty convince you that Iowa State's good. They're not. Texas is just shocking smarts out the door. Um, Kansas State's not very good. Um, so you would look at those two home games there at the end of, in the closing stretch, and let's say those are both wins. Kansas is a loss. Um, I would go ahead and say West Virginia is. I know that West Virginia has lost three in a row, but on the road at Oklahoma, home to Kansas, and on the road at Baylor, like it, there's there's three game losing streaks, and then there's three game losing streaks that are kind of understandable. Um, so I'm not going to read too much in that. They haven't looked very good in those losses, but I'm I think West Virginia is going to be able to have a get right game against Oklahoma State on Tuesday night. So let's say West Virginia and Kansas road games are losses. Iowa State and Kansas State home games are wins. Then you get Bedlam at home and Texas on the road. Uh, I think those are kind of toss-up games. That's how I feel like Texas is playing right now. Um, I think by the end of the year, if Texas continues the way they've been going, that team's going to just be done and and have called it quits. Oklahoma, Bedlam, it's a home game. Uh, it's a Saturday at 3. I, I, I feel like they can probably get a decent crowd. You can always get a decent crowd for Bedlam. So... It's a, it's a potential. I mean, that's a toss-up game right there. So I think at this point, looking at the schedule, three and three the rest of the way is a is not a big ask. I think I think four and two is is too much to ask for. Uh, I think two and four is a very possibility. But I think three and three is very doable here. Which, you know, you go what six and and four down the stretch in the season, you're just gonna kind of feel disappointed because. You had that terrible stretch to start conference play, and and it's kind of becomes a season of you know what could have been, but I will take a six and four stretch to, to finish the season. I think that would feel good. You're going to finish above five hundred, and um, you can kind of kind of hold your head high after everything that's that's happened and gone wrong this year. Yeah, I think you know you can definitely. You always want to be playing your best basketball at the end of the season, and you obviously don't want to start zero and eight because you just dug yourself a hole that you're not going to be able to get out of. But if Oklahoma State can finish. You know, like that, like you mentioned down the stretch and win, you know, six of their last 10, you feel good about where you're at going into the Big 12 tournament, even though you're going to be in one of those play in games. You think that this team would probably have a good chance to win one of those. And at least if you win a game in the Big 12 tournament, uh, that at least sets you up for a pretty good shot at getting the NIT or the CBI. Either way, if you have a record above 500, this team should be playing postseason basketball. And that just gives you a little bit of momentum heading into 2020 with a lot, you know, a whole new roster coming in with a bunch of the, you know, most talented players in the country, along with some of these freshmen that are really starting to find their footing in Division One basketball. They're playing as well as they can right now, and it's it's really impressive to watch. Yeah, Oklahoma State. Look right now, you look at the bottom four teams of the conference. Texas is four and eight. Iowa State's four and eight. Oklahoma State's three and nine, and Kansas State's two and ten. If Oklahoma State can get to that seven spot, which is going to be tough, um, 
I still think Texas is a better team, but man, I don't think they're playing well. Iowa State, obviously, Tyrese Halliburton is gone for the rest of the season. I don't expect much from them, and Kansas State is not good this year. Um, if, if Oklahoma State could get to that seven seed, get that seven ten matchup and jump in the first round against Kansas State, I think they have a shot of getting that win. And again, you get a win in the opening round, you probably guarantee yourself a nice um, winning record for the season, which is, I know that's, at this point, you just take what you can get, and I'll take a winning record for the year, and um, we'll look ahead to, to next year. Um, yeah, so I, I want I, I want to talk about those uniforms because, in my opinion, like I like OSU's current uniforms. They're good. But we all love the Cursive Cowboys, and I think we all loved those. Oh, I'm going to tell you right now, those – 95 throwbacks need to be like the cow- cursive cowboys. I just need those as part of the rotation. I I, I know they're not going to be the permanent uniforms. It would be cool if they were, but if you told me we're going to get cursive cowboys three times a year and we're going to get 95 throwbacks three times a year, I would be very happy with that. And I think the fan base would too, because it's just like, we get excited when they put the cursive cowboys on. Like it's, it's, it's a game you want to tune in, tune uh, tune into. I would think this should not be a one-off. I think they should just be part of that kind of rotation with the Cursive Cowboys and, and the Turquoise that they wear in non-conference. I think that's what they should do with these because they're just too impressive not to. Oh, sign me up for that. Like These were awesome. Like You and I had, a, had some inklings of what these could be, but when we saw the 95 roster, they started leaking it a little bit. They showed you know mm. Little Country wearing them and all that. Like. This these need to be a part of the rotation. You sign me up for two or three games a year, the Curse of Cowboys. You sign me up for a couple of those, along with the I think the uniforms they have right now are really good. I agree with you there. Oklahoma State has some of the best uniforms for any sport. Like it doesn't matter. And these just add to an already incredible, you know, collection of uniforms for the Oklahoma State Athletic Department as a whole. Yeah. I think I think it would be smart of them to keep them in the rotation. Again, don't have to be permanent, but like the Curse of Cowboys, a couple times a year, man, that's that's just it's fun. And it, and it keeps them special. And that's what I want is, is they are so neat and unique that keep keep them special by by not, by not overdoing them. Yeah. Um, speaking to next year, just just to wrap up basketball real quick, obviously, you know, Nontro Pena, Rondell Walker, Cade Cunningham is the class right now. Uh, OSU is on commitment watch this week. Uh, on Friday, one of their kind of top remaining targets, Matthew Alexander Moncrief, is set to announce his decision. He announced a final three um, over the weekend of Seton Hall, Oklahoma State, and Georgetown. Uh, there's a lot of buzz about Seton Hall. There's a lot of buzz about Oklahoma State right now. And, and it feels like those are kind of the two, I want to say, leaders in the clubhouse at the moment. Um I feel pretty good about OSU here. Uh, I know OSU was going after the Nebraska kid, Donovan uh, uh, Williams. Man, everyone's coming on him now. Like everyone. Kansas is going in on him. Oregon is. It's. I, I get the feeling they've got a good shot at Moncrief. And I, I like Moncrief. I do. I've watched some highlight tape of his. Like I, Football recruiting is my thing. It's not, it's not basketball. I, I will dabble. I will say this. He would be a nice addition to this class. Uh, another high uh, three-star player. Nice addition to this class. I, I feel good about him. So just Friday is the decision day. Don't have a set time. I would just just keep an eye on on Moncrief. Yeah, that could just that just adds to an already fantastic class. And you do it's about six, seven, two hundred. Just adds more length and athleticism to what Mike Boynton is already building. Like you're getting some freak athletes on this team if you can get a guy like that. Yeah. 
Absolutely. All right. Well, we got to talk about some Oklahoma State baseball as well. They had their first series against Grand Canyon University this past weekend. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment. We'll be right back after a word from a sponsor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Philip. So Oklahoma State baseball uh, made their uh, season debut this past weekend in Phoenix against Grand Canyon University. Unfortunately, they dropped uh, the games on Friday and Sunday, so they lost the series two out of three. Uh, what were some of your thoughts? Uh, just obviously, we weren't really able to watch the games and just see you know, some little highlights here and there. But what's your overall takeaway from the first weekend? If you listen to last week's pod, we said don't be shocked if Oklahoma State's record after the first, you know, couple of weeks isn't great. It's okay, you know. Don't be shocked if they're below 500 or, or right above it. So that that they went one and two in this, especially with as young as this team is, as many pitchers as they ran on Sunday, they just ran through the bullpen on Sunday, and, and as many young guys as they put out there. I mean, you you start a true freshman on on Friday, you're gonna have some bumps. So it's not that they went one and two. It's it's how they lost the two on Friday and Sunday. Losing 10-3 and 9-3 is not what I want to see. Bigger to me still was the number of errors they racked up across the entire week. I think we counted, what, seven errors total? Nine. I think it's nine. Okay, so nine. So yeah, four Friday, three Saturday, and then two more on Sunday. So nine total errors. That's, I mean, yeah, I'm glad that they they dropped by one each game, but that's concerning. Um, again, beginning of the season, but you like this was a top twenty-five team, and this this was just not a good showing. Period. And Grand Canyon is a solid program, but you weren't facing Oregon State here. Like you weren't facing Arizona State, who you're going to play Tuesday night in Phoenix. Like that. That's not what you want to see in your opening weekend. Again, I don't want to. I don't want to like sound the alarms or start clanging bells. It's the beginning of the season. You got a lot. Of, you got a young team. You got a lot of new guys. You got a lot of freshmen. Holly is trying to figure some things out with the rotation right now. But but the, how they lost and, and and those errors that they racked up, I, it's something to keep an eye on moving forward. Yeah, the errors have always seemed to kind of plague Oklahoma State early on in the season. I think a lot of that is just college baseball in general, unfortunately. It's just kind of the way that the game plays. Grand Canyon had quite a few as well. I believe they had six on the weekend. So it, it wasn't just Oklahoma State. Like both teams are, you know, it's just kind of getting those jitters out. And if you look at the guys that had errors, predominantly it was freshmen or new guys. Bryce Osmond, Cale Davis, both pitchers had a couple. On Friday, Caden Trinkle had a couple uh, this weekend. He's a tr- uh, true freshman center fielder. Jake Thompson, starting third baseman, true freshman, had two as well. So it's just, I think a lot of it is just kind of the jitters of playing and getting out there. You can scrimmage all you want, but when you're playing guys that you know every single day, known commodities, you know, it's a little different than going out there and facing someone that you're unfamiliar with. And I think that's what we saw a lot of uh, this weekend. It was good to see Bryce Osmond, Cale Davis, and, uh, Justin Campbell all get time. Unfortunately, none of them really 
had great outings. Bryce Osmond only threw two innings, gave up five runs. Only three of them were earned, though. Still had four strikeouts in those two innings, so the stuff is there. He's still working and developing. I talked about his ceiling last week. Um, and Cale Davis as well, four punch, five punch outs in four innings. Uh, Justin uh, Campbell did okay, three innings of work and four strikeouts. So the, the strikeout stuff is there for these guys with over a K per inning. Uh, but a guy like Osmond, uh, he's still developing a lot. Um, and for most of these guys, when you throw a midnight, you know, a low to mid nineties fastball in high school, you don't really have to rely on any other pitch because you can get that by about 85% of hitters uh, in high school or a travel ball because it's just, you know, you're not used to seeing 95, you know, 90 to 92 or even higher than that. Like some of these guys can throw. So you have to be able to throw that your breaking stuff, your slider, your, you know, your changeup. And Bryce Osmond's still developing those pitches. He's also developing a cutter from what I've heard uh, to play off that fastball as well. So if he can, once he can get kind of everything working, you know, he's going to be in good shape. Don't sound the alarm after, you know, your first college start for some of these guys. Uh, there is a lot to learn. There is a huge learning curve and baseball is a sport that will humble you, uh, on a day to day basis. So for some of you know, so hopefully this was a wake up call for some of these guys. There was still some good stuff I think out of the weekend. I think Caden Pakolvich proved to be he's gonna be the three hole guy uh, for this year. I think he had four knocks uh, this week. So you love to see stuff like that. Parker Scott had a great outing, six innings, four strikeouts, only one run. Uh, Brett Stanley two innings out of the bullpen. Ben Leeper shut it down in the ninth after uh, coming into a little bit of a mess, uh, but he was able to get out of it. So I think there's a lot to like here. I do want to shout out Caden Trinkle real quick. I know I mentioned his errors earlier in the game or earlier uh, a few minutes ago. He started out the weekend 0 for 10 with four strikeouts. And that, you know, for a true freshman and baseball, is such a mental game that it is so hard to, you know, snap out of a slump like that, especially when you're playing your first collegiate games. But he comes out on Sunday and even at a loss three for four with an RBI and only one strikeout. So he at least was able to bounce back. And I think that says a lot about how he plays mentally and he's going to develop, I think, really nicely. But to see a guy bounce back like that mentally, I think it says a lot about where you know how well this team is coached and these guys are going to be just fine don't sound the alarm yet uh you don't want to see the results that we saw earlier uh this weekend you don't want to lose two out of three to grand canyon you're a better team than that but you also know how fluky baseball can be and it's just one of those weird weekends you have a huge test against arizona state on tuesday that I'm not too confident in because Arizona State's one of the best teams in the country. Spencer Torkelson, uh, terrify, Torkelson terrifies me because uh, that dude can hit a home run at a moment's notice. Then you come back, you get five games at home uh, against Rio Grande Valley and Little Arkansas, uh, Little Rock. So those, those should be some confidence boosters for him. We'll see how it goes. But to, to the, all the folks out there that are, you know, worried after losing two games here, there's still plenty of season left. They still got 50 ish games left. So there's still plenty of time to turn it around. Don't you can't sound the alarm and get worried after one series. Holiday loves to challenge his guys early. It's why they open on the road so often. Um, they open in Phoenix a lot. I think that's just for the weather. But again, like one and two is not the worst. The, the way they lost isn't great, but you you hope these freshmen grow up quickly. I agree. Arizona State's going to be. I don't. I don't think I really want to watch that one. Probably going to get ugly quick. Um, and yeah, five games. UG Rio Grand Valley three game series next weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, if you don't have ESPN Plus yet, you should probably do so uh, because Friday and Sunday's games against UG Rio Grand Valley will be available on ESPN Plus. You can't make it to those games, uh, and the uh, the 
Two games against Little Rock next week on Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday's game will be on ESPN Plus as well. Again, I understand ESPN Plus hasn't been the most reliable thing, but the opportunity to watch Cowgirl you know, softball games and, and baseball games for Oklahoma State, um, it's it's worth it to me. Like I'm again, we're not look. I'm not an ESPN Plus advertiser. It's just these games are on. If you want to watch them on that instead of just on the YouTube thing, which is fine, I would suggest. Go ahead and setting up because this is going to be. I like, you know, I'm going to watch it on my TV. I'm going to put it on in the background while I work. Um, so I'm I'm excited about it. Yeah, definitely be get ESPN Plus. We haven't already get those games. You can watch some of these guys uh, other than just highlights on TV. You can actually see what we're what we're seeing and what we're able to you know see from some of these young guys early on. Um, Philip, do you have any final thoughts? Here? It's a little bit of a shorter episode, but you got anything else uh, before we wrap up here? Uh, two things. One, I'm an idiot. Uh, Mon Creef is a four-star player, number one ranked player in Ontario, and the 24th, well, according to 24-7, the 14th ranked uh, small forward. So he's a four-star. Obviously, that would be a very nice addition yeah. to Oklahoma State's roster. Um, look, I, I I have a good feeling, but just we'll obviously we'll have, uh, as soon as we find out, we'll have something up on the site on Friday. And if he does commit, we'll talk about it. Um, afterwards on one of the pods. Um, the other thing I want to talk about, um, I can't shout out softball enough. But first, go check out my 1012 podcast, TE in the number 12th word podcast. We did our Big 12 softball preview. Um, very nice show. Got to talk about quite a few teams, including Oklahoma State. Uh, obviously, they have really challenged themselves to start this season. Like, one thing about softball, and we this point was made in the show. Like, if you want to know a sport where the top teams all play each other, unlike football and basketball, where they play a lot of nobodies and don't ever want to play the best teams to protect their record, like softball ain't that, folks. People top softball teams will all play each other. They are fine doing it. Start six and three for the season. Get some nice ranked wins. Alabama win, guys. That that's a good win. That's a huge Beating win. Minnesota is a good win. Yeah, huge win. Virginia Tech was close. South Florida is good. So it's a nice start. Um, they are in Birmingham this coming weekend for four games. They get two games against Louisiana, a game against Ole Miss, and a game against UAB. Uh, guys, Louisiana is a top 20 team. Um, that's a that's a good team to have on the resume. And then I'm, I'm going to keep hounding this one so fans will go. Look, I know the softball fans will go, but I want you to understand this. Not this coming weekend, but the weekend after is the OSU Tulsa Invitational. Okay. They have a doubleheader on Friday, including a, an evening game against Louisville. And then they have a doubleheader on Saturday. They've got an afternoon game against Louisville again. And then Oregon is in Stillwater. Understand in softball, Oregon is really, really good. So for Oregon to come and play a night game against Oklahoma State in Stillwater, that's a big deal. It's a big game. That is a if you're not, if you're being, I might check out Oklahoma State softball. You want to go see them when they're going to play someone else really good. Go watch that game. Uh, and as I mentioned before, with ESPN Plus, those games, those ones I'm talking about in Stillwater, uh, four out of the five games that weekend are going to be on ESPN Plus for you to watch. So, um, shout out to the, the Cowgirls. They are starting off very well this season. Can't shame them for all three losses have been by one run. Okay, very close. Uh, an 0-1 and then two 3-2s, and, and those were all to, to ranked opponents. So this, is a girl, this team is good. Um, they're still even trying to figure themselves out with a lot of new pieces, and they're playing really well. So if you can, go support them. They got some, they've got some big games on the schedule, and, and that's fun. 
Yeah, I was able to watch the uh, the Virginia Tech game on my phone. I was in the city with my wife on Thursday, and then on uh, Saturday I was at a, a cheerleading event for my sister. And while I was waiting for them to perform, I had the OSU Alabama game watching on my phone. So if those these games are available, folks. Watch this team, support this team. They're really, really good, very talented, and they deserve uh, all the support that they possibly can. My final thought: uh, shout out to Cowboy Wrestling. Uh, obviously, I'm. Uh, uh, Brandon is a little more of a wrestling guru than I am, but my wife and I have season tickets. We've gone to nearly every duel this season. Uh, they beat uh, OU once again in wrestling, uh, being a 27 to 8 team score. Nick Piccinini uh, gets a pin in his final match in Gallagher Arena. I believe he finished his career 127 and 16, has a good shot to go and win the Big 12 at 125, and will definitely be an All American again this year. Won his final match with a pin as well. He's a fun dude to wrestle. If you've never gotten to watch him, go to. The uh, Big 12 Wrestling Championships in Tulsa coming up March 7th and 8th. My wife and I will be there for sure. And then Nationals, that's on TV, folks. So definitely support this team toward the end of the year. It's been a weird year, uh, not necessarily the dominance that we've seen in the past, but this team is still as full of talented guys that are going to be All-Americans and hopefully National Champions. All right, I think that wraps this one up, and hopefully uh, we'll we'll have more news to talk about later this week with uh, Matthew Alexander Moncrief. We will we'll be back at some point soon. Hopefully, end of this week or beginning of next week. Philip, where can everyone follow you on Twitter? Call me personally at OKTXAR Poke, and of course my show, the Ten Twelve Podcast, available anywhere you get podcasts, and you can follow us on Twitter at TEN the number twelve, the word podcast. Follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. For any Kansas City Royals needs, you can follow my podcast over at Royals Farm Report at Royals Farm. We have a great interview with Emma Tiedemann coming up later this week. She is the play-by-play uh, radio announcer for the Lexington Legends. Uh, she has she has had two years there and has uh, been able to broadcast two South Atlantic League championships. She's one of five women that are play-by-play announcers in minor league baseball so we were able to get her on it was a great interview she's super cool and really really amazing at her job so if you can listen to that that'd be awesome we will talk to you all at some point here in the near future